You're listening to Query on Kootenai Co-op Radio with your hosts, Axel, Bria, and Shaz. The gayest hour on Kootenai Co-op Radio. Query is a talk show by three queers for other queer folks and people who love and support us. Tune in Sundays from 10 to 11 p.m. for laughter, learning, and love. Love. Today, we wanted to have a little moment to give you some unskilled advice. We're going to be giving out a lot of unskilled advice this episode because there's a lot of things that we have to advise you on. But but wait, wait, wait. Before we get started with that unskilled advice, you guys never heard about me last week when we spoke because we were too busy wanting to give unskilled advice. Oh, no. Here I am steamrolling over Shaz again. The people really need to know all about you. Who is this Shaz? Well, do you have a question for me? Yeah, so Shaz, um, you're an interesting guy. You've done a lot of uh, different stuff over the years. What kind? What's like? What's the the most weirdest, funnest job that you've had? Ooh, weirdest, funnest job that I've had. Well, weirdest job that I've had was uh, doing special effects for film and TV for a little while. <laughs> of uh, course, of course. But one of the funnest jobs I had was I used to live in Quebec and teach. Uh, uh, English in a rural French school. Tu peux parler en français? Oui, uh, vraiment, et je veux pratiquer mon français um, dans, la, dans la radio show. So, I think I will do an introduction of myself in French. How do you feel about that? S'il te plaît. And since we have an anglophone, as we call them, uh, as one of the other MCs, uh, I will do Fringlish, which is my favorite. <laughs> So kind of you. Oh, so see if you can follow along. So, hmm, where shall I begin? Well, let's... On a commencé avec mon naissance, correct? Okay. Oui. Je suis né au Trinidad and Tobago en 1980. Um, oui, 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 je suis très vieux. Je, je suis choqué. <laughs> <laughs> très choqué. Uh, my family immigrated to Canada quand j'étais pour sept ans. Et nous immigrons au Québec, à Montréal. Um, et ça, c'est la place que j'ai vu mon premier uh, snow. That was the first time I ever saw snow for the first time. And I'll always remember that. That was also the place that I got chicken pox. That's all I remember from living in Quebec back then. Montreal is such a fun city. Like, I, I'm a, I've never lived there, but I've only visited. And it just seems like... The best. It is. It's got uh, a good mix of like culture and people and middle class and lots of art. And it's a great mixing pot of people. So it was too cold in Quebec. So <laughs> we, came, we came to BC and I grew up in Vancouver. Uh, yeah, I went to a half hearing, half deaf school. So most of my friends were deaf. And do you do you like speak sign? Do you speak sign language with God? Yeah, you, no, that's correct. <laughs> you can say that. Oui. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I a little bit of sign language, but my friends mostly taught me to lip read. So mm, cool. Because I never took any of the sign language classes because it was kind of kept separate. Do you feel that you are um, like even still currently like a lip reader? Yes, I think I'm also in my old age getting a little bit deafer. So. But we're supposed to be speaking in French. Oh, oh, j'ai oublié. Ah, moi aussi, <laughs> moi aussi. Est-ce que vous avez une autre question pour moi? Um, uh, 
qu'est-ce que tu fais ici à, à, à Don ah, Nelson? À Don Nelson, mais c'est mon... J'ai juste fini ma première année ici. Hein. Je, je viens au, au Nelson de October last year. Et qu'est-ce que j'ai fait? Je, je travaille euh, avec euh, le... Comment est-ce qu'on dit en français? Les morts. Le, 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 le... Oui, c'est vrai. Oui, vrai. That was like a little like leading question. Oh my goodness. Oui, je fais ça ici. Um, mais aussi, je uh, have a radio show. And uh, what else? Yeah, yoga. Cool. Yeah. Hey, are you, are you a yoga teacher? Well, I used to be as well. Maybe I'll do it here when I'm. And I'm settled down a little bit more. Have my little following or harem, as they call them. <laughs> But that's enough about me. How about you? I have a question for the two of you. What was your most interesting, odd job that you've ever had in your life? I definitely know an answer to this. I, um, I lived in Tofino briefly. And while I was working there, I somehow got this job where I was, like, driving this tiny little truck. And I, like, was driving this tiny little truck so fast on the bike pass, which if, like, if you know Tofino, there's just one highway in. So I was just, like, speeding in this little mini truck, like, all day long. It was so fun. I crashed once. Did you? Uh-oh. And then somebody, like, I don't know how you say that, but they, like, pulled me out of the gutter. Was there like a winch? We, there, yes, a winch. I had to get winched out of the gutter. So you got towed out of the gutter. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the word you use. That's fine. <laughs> My weirdest job was not that dangerous. Um, I worked for Touchstones Nelson, the museum in town, briefly. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was a student, I had a position there. That was uh, as an archival assistant, and my job was basically scanning old photo negatives um, from a collection that had been donated from a photographer who took a lot of landscapes around the Kootenays uh, in the 70s. So yeah, it was pretty fun hanging out in the basement with all the, <laughs> all the archives, learning how to put film negatives in a freezer bag and <laughs> label them properly. It's a whole world down there. Whoa, I can imagine. I used to work for the Vancouver Art Gallery in their cafe, and uh, our storage was downstairs in their catacombs. They had catacombs on there as well. It used to be also be a prison a long time ago. So is there something like that here in Touchstone? Is there like secret chambers? There darkness? actually is. There's also a, um, what do you call, like a bunker? There's a bunker <gasps> that's under the post office that was like made during the Cold War. Um, it's like a secret space um, that was like filled with like all sorts of... Um, Yeah, kind of nuclear apocalypse prep. Whoa. Have you been to, speaking of Touchstone, have you been to the new show that they have uh, right now? No, what's that? Uh, Tell us about it later. I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good show. It's a great show. It's a series of photos and, and stories. Cool, cool, cool. But we'll tell you later. Or Google it. So... As you all know, tomorrow, when you wake up... So somber. <laughs> <laughs> you better be going to vote. Because by tomorrow night, we may or may not have a new leader of Canada. So now is a perfect time for us to start talking about politics and what, is, what it's all about. Axel, 
How do you vote? How do you vote? Well, um, there's many different ways that you can vote uh, depending on the time. Um, because it's the election tomorrow, the last remaining way is to go to the polls on election day. Um, and when you go to vote, you need to bring some way to identify yourself. Uh, and that needs to have your address on it, your current address. And Too so... Bad. If you are registered to vote, you might have received a voter identification card in the mail. You can bring that along with another piece of ID. If you don't have a voter identification card, then you can bring other ID. You need to bring at least two things. But you can bring things like a credit card statement or a letter from your post-secondary institution that has your address on it. Yeah, the big thing is the address. So then they can know what area that you'll be voting for. And most voting or polling stations happen in schools or in public spaces. So it makes it easily accessible. And there's uh, there's options if, if you find it difficult to go, if you have mobility or, or even being able to get to the polling station, there is ways uh, for you to get to set those polling stations. Yeah, you can totally call up one of the offices of a political candidate and ask them for a ride. And they have volunteers because they're really excited when people want to vote. Um, and you don't even have to vote for that particular person. You don't have to tell them who you're voting for. You can just call them up and be like, hey, can you give me a ride? Um, <laughs> yep, totally. To find out where your polling station is, you can go to elections.ca um, and put in your postal code. And then they will tell you where to go and do your democratic duty. And if you if you so should feel moved in the future, there's always jobs in the in um, voting that can happen. And remember that there's three levels of government that we vote for. So every, every it feels like every other year there's some sort of voting that happens. Everything from scrutineerings you can work as, you can do uh, actually those people that you go to check your ID, you can have those jobs for the day. It's really, it's a, I've done it before. It's fun. You get to meet a bunch of people and people are excited when they go to vote because it's, you know, we fought globally. The world has fought for their rights to vote, to have the people have their voices heard. So I wonder if they'll have stickers tomorrow <gasps> that say I voted because I voted at an advanced poll and last week and they did it. not have a sticker. And I was like, um, hello, what's going on? Where's my sticker? How are people going to know that I have voted? <laughs> you guys I'm going to have to both, tell them. You both voted already, eh? Yeah, we're yep. like over-eager. <laughs> yeah, and when we, um, we participate in politics, I feel. So, like, I've done, I've done lots of the different jobs in voting. I've ran for city council as well, too, so I've understood, like, that part of aspect of it. You ran for city council? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, it, was, it wasn't too bad either. I got Miss Congeniality or runner-up, <laughs> as they said. So not too bad. Cute. Uh, kudos for those people that stand in front or in the public eye. Kudos to them for their work because it's not easy to go on a radio show and talk about your feelings and your thoughts. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say about ID is that you can still vote if you're not registered. You can go to the poll. If you've never voted before, you can go and you can register there um, if you do bring those pieces of ID. Um, and even if you don't, you can actually vote without ID if you have someone who lives um, in the same polling area as you who vouches for you. So if you bring a friend who is your next door neighbor and they say, yeah, this person's legit, they live next door, uh, then you can totally vote that way. And you can also 
get different documentation if um, you don't have a current address, um, if you're staying in a shelter, or um, get some sort of letter documentation uh, from a social service agency that you can take and say that you are entitled to vote. And if you think it's too late to do all of that, it's not, it's not too late. Um, everyone knows that tomorrow is voting day, and so everyone is ready to help you get out and vote. So now that we've talked to you about voting, who are we voting for? Or who have we already voted oh, for? Oh, <laughs> that's true. Who who have we already voted for? So let's what are the what are the major parties in Canada right now that you that would be on a ballot? Well, um in our riding, which mm-hmm. is Kootenai, Columbia, um, we have our current uh, r- recumbent, incumbent. Incumbent. <laughs> recumbent is when you're reclining on a bicycle, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> our recumbent candidate, uh, MP Wayne Stetsky, uh, is re-running to be uh, elected again for mm-hmm. a second time. He is with the New Democrat Party, NDP. NDP. Uh, Next, we have a green, the Green Party here, and who's on the Green Party? Abra Brin. Nice, very good. Is this a test? Are you testing us now? Well, <laughs> do you know everybody who's a liberal candidate? Not at all. So, like, you're you're living in Nelson. Like, you probably like tell me what the difference or what you think the difference is between like voting for Green Party and voting for NDP. Okay, well, so my understanding, and so now we're we're really getting deep into the unskilled advice portion of this show because uh, I don't think any of us knows everything that's going on with politics, but we have our opinions and our understandings um, from the little bits that we've experienced throughout our the the four years that um, Trudeau had government. So we have the Liberals. Trudeau is the Prime Minister, the current Prime Minister of Canada. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. And he not only has he done some great things uh, around equality, uh, both gender uh, and with um, the uh, reconciliation with our Indigenous um, mm. uh, community. Uh, he's also done some not so good things. Big one, and the, uh, the big, the big controversial one that I think like stands heavy on that party would be the um, the Lavalin and the pipelines. But those are two major kind of I, I could say that they're tipping points in the in their party um, because they're both they were hard decisions to make and uh, they made those decisions for I feel that they made those decisions not for the people but for um Corporate interests. <laughs> I didn't want to say. <laughs> it's okay. It's a. Uh, it's our radio show. <laughs> so then we've got. So then on the opposite scope of that, we've got the conservative uh, party with Andrew Shear as their leader, and Rob Morrison is the local uh, person running. Oh, okay, good. I FYI. didn't know that. Okay, thanks. I googled it. <laughs> uh, useless information that we don't need. Okay, so back to the conservative <laughs> party. Um, as we all know, within the queer community, the conservative party has not been forefront with with human rights. Uh, I <laughs> I like to call them their anti everything. <laughs> 
Except for the economy. They're all about the economy. Yeah. So that's whatever a, that means. It's a very individual. I feel it's a very individualistic approach to uh, running the country. Next, we have the Green Party. Which we already is, talked about the Green Party. Oh, oh no! Who's no, the leader we, of the Green Party? Elizabeth May. Yeah, very good. Love her. Yeah, and so uh, the, re- the I, I really like Elizabeth May, and she's kind of like she's the forefront of the Green Party. Well, she's a Green Party leader, but she um very articulate, very intelligent, very powerful person. Uh, I once saw her spoke before she about ten ten or twelve years ago. I remember seeing her speak at university and. A very, very articulate and, and a powerful woman. And it's a voice that we really do need. Um, because she's one of those voices that questions the authoritative decisions that we have to question. And then finally we have the NDP. Who's the, uh, who's the leader of the M- NDP there, Bria? Oh, fuck. I can't remember the name. It's like Jeek. Jagmeet Singh. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I just wanted to hear you swear on the radio. <laughs> it's okay. It's 10 o'clock <clears throat> somewhere. Uh, I have a huge crush on Jagmeet Singh. I just want to say that. Everything he says, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so dreamy. So if you remember, um, not in the last election, but prior to that, uh, prior, prior, prior to that, the, the the other person who I think really held the NDP party and brought them up to the next level was Jack Layton. And there hasn't been someone um, to really, like, step into Jack's role. And I think Jagmeet is uh, the perfect candidate for that. Uh, he's amicable. His Again, his words, he's got those quick one-liners. Um, and he represents... He really represents uh, how Canada has become nation because almost 90% of us are Im- immigrants. We've all come here from different parts of the world to settle in, settle in uh, indigenous land. And so to have someone like Jagmeet uh, represent Canada really brings to light the um, brings to light our past and our future. So that's my five cents. Well, well, thanks for putting that in there. Um, yeah, I think that there's a lot of skepticism around voting and also a lot of anxiety that elections bring up in uh, the post-Trump world. Um, I mean, I, I want to say post-Trump, I guess post-Trump getting elected, uh, wherein we're like, okay, well, things can get real bad uh, with certain people in power. Um, and I've heard people in the past couple of weeks talking about like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't really matter uh, who I vote for because everybody lies and, you know, Trudeau got elected also on a premise that he was going to bring forth proportional representation so that um, we would change the the first-past-the-post system that doesn't 
accurately represent uh, how people are choosing to vote um, and how people want to be represented. Um, and we don't have that system because Trudeau went back on that idea um, and decided that, you know, whatever, you guys elected me, so we don't need to change the voting system because it worked to get me in power. It was super interesting uh, voting for the uh, the reformed electoral system. Did you get the letter to go to decide on which type of proportional representation you would like? The letter itself was very convoluted and confusing yeah. um, because you had to get choose from various options about how you would like, how you deem you'd like to see proportional representation. I just, I, that's what really kind of, I had to sit down and really look at it and ask a lot of questions around it, which was good in a sense, but um, that's probably why it didn't go through. That's probably why not a lot of people went out and voted for proportional representation because it was a confusing ballot to to Totally. Mark. And I mean... People are so busy right now and in general um, that it's hard to be able to sit down and do all the research that you need to do to, like, make an informed choice about these kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, and it can feel like, oh, no, like another thing. Now I have to, like, read party platforms to decide who's most in alignment with my values or who is the most strategic person for me to vote for because that's another piece that people are really talking about um, in this riding in particular and across Canada is looking at who is the, lo the most likely candidate to defeat a conservative candidate um, and choosing to vote for them even if it's not your first choice of who would represent you. So what you're talking about is strategic voting, which is interesting. In the... Uh, I uh, st Strategic... I chose to do strategic voting in the last election just to be able to get Stephen Harper out, which is what you're talking about. Um, strategic voting is an interesting thing because it kind of creates this gray area and it, it pulls um, because a couple of the parties have relatively close ideology. Um, what happens is those people have then get split between between those two. And then, so let's say, for example, uh, the NDP party, it's a traditional NDP in, uh, area, and we've got a Green Party who's quite good as well. Um, so the people who normally vote NDP um, start to lean more towards the Green Party. And so let's say, for example, the scale between the NDP and the Liberals in this riding, for example, is relatively close. Let's say, I don't know, a few thousand. I'm not, I'm not sure the, the numbers. But the NDP, well, let's say the NDP has 10 more votes than the Liberal Party, right? If five of those NDP votes then go to the Green Party, then that means that the Liberal will still maintain their five votes because people are generally staunch conservative, staunch liberal, staunch green, staunch, staunch NDP. So that's the real dilemma with strategic voting. Hmm. Well, I did want to mention um, whoever you vote for, um, tomorrow you can actually get there for free. Um, BC Transit and eight local government partners across the province will be offering free transit on the election day, uh, which is tomorrow. Uh, so free transit will help make it easier for residents to get to the polls and cast their ballots. In Nelson, uh, free transit will be available on routes 1, uphill, 2, Fairview, 
three Rosemont and four for uh, the Nelson Airport. <laughs> nice. In case you live at the airport, you can uh, hop on that number four bus. I'd never even heard of that before, honestly. <laughs> that was that was a first for me. So, do we have any more any more notes for voting? Um, for, for the queers out there, do you have any notes for those queers out there who they should vote for? I guess I just want to acknowledge as well that in past elections, I've had a lot of uh, internal conflict about uh, voting for a government that exists on occupied indigenous territory and the kind of complexity of what it means to to participate in a democratic system, like quote unquote democratic system that um, continues to, um, yeah, to to colonize um, and to uh, perpetuate violence against indigenous people. And that that's, that's real. And mm-hmm. also there are certain parties who uh, make that worse. And like we were talking about pipelines and um, those safe drinking water. Yeah, totally. Those, those, those issues of like, how are we centering indigenous people and the well-being of indigenous communities when we do that, voting process and and then the day after and the day after that when we like hold those governments accountable to the promises that they've made um and the rights that indigenous people uh have and shouldn't need to continuously be trying to fight for um in this country Mm -hmm. and also we forget that the millennials are a huge amount of population here in north america they make up about 30-some-odd percent. 37% of the electorate is between the ages of 18 and 38. Yeah. So can you imagine if ev- if even half of those people were to get out and vote? Well, actually, in the last election, more than half of them came out to vote. Yeah. Uh, in 2015, 57% of, um, of folks from 18 to 34 cast ballots, which was up from 42.5% in 2011. So... Um, like 15% more. Um, Which is great. Let's see if we can add another 15 to that. So if you know any of those young people who are humming and hawing about voting, bring them with you. Show them how easy it is to just go and check off a box, but make sure you bring your ID or uh, your voting card. Take the bus. It's free. That's right. And maybe there'll be stickers. Who knows? Find out. Go tomorrow. So that's that's it. That's all we got for politics. Um, yeah, so I guess we're just going to do a little segue now. Ooh, guess what time it is. (laughs) It's Tinder Talk with Bria. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I I deleted Tinder. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? (laughs) How come? Um, I I feel like it may have been out of boredom, mostly, um... But sometimes I just delete Tinder and then like a few weeks later I redo it so that I can like add all of the same people again in Nelson like for round two. It's like, oh, maybe, maybe this it'll is a work possibility. out too, like round two. And then you feel a little bit like fresh meat. Totally, totally. <laughs> I can like pretend that I'm from out of town. So the, the idea here now then is nobody goes on Tinder for the next little bit until Bria comes back on and then everybody could be fresh meat. Yeah, we'll announce it. <laughs> Don't you worry. Just stay tuned for when Bria's back on Tinder. <laughs> yeah. And if, you're, if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, feel free to uh, look us up. 
The show's called Queer, or the page is called Query with Abs, A-B-S. And we're always looking for feedback. Uh, if you have um, a question, a hot burning question, we may answer one of those hot burning questions at the end of the show. Uh, but if you have any hot burning questions, feel free to write to us on that lovely page. So we got a private message in from a listener who is, um, well, I'll just, I'll just read it to you. Hey, Query, thanks for last week's show. It was really awesome, and I appreciated all of the info on Tinder and OkCupid and small town dating. I've actually started seeing someone recently, and they seem really, really cool. I'm a little bit skeptical because of how cool they seem, and I have a history of being pretty bad at like ignoring red flags when I go into relationships, and then... You know, however many months later, I'm so deep in the relationship and it's actually terrible. And Red flags turn into red stoplights. Yeah. Can you give me some advice? Uh, Signed, too good to be true. Oh, (laughs) T-G-B-T. Sometimes I feel, yeah. Sometimes when I first start dating someone, usually around date number two, uh, those red flags, they turn into party flags, and I don't even... I, I put on my rose-colored glasses, and they're perfect, who, however they are. Totally. Sometimes when you first meet someone, like, you see all these red flags, but you don't... It's like you don't actually see them. Or how it would impact you, or, or how your value system and your personality would um, not mesh with that. I like to call this seeing the best in people, but I realize that it also can get one into tricky situations of being connected with people for longer than I perhaps would be if my brain wasn't flooded with like dopamine. And it's and it, with red flags too, you can uh once you you identify those red flags, you can manage them a little bit better. So you can it doesn't mean that you're not going to stop dating that person, but maybe you won't. Have that second glass of wine with them when you go out for dinner. Mm. So what are some red flags for you two? I have none. Oh. <laughs> That's a red flag, Shaz. That right there oh, is a red flag. Um, I would say that a red flag is someone who is, like, not attentive and, like, doesn't call you back. And, like, when you first meet them, you're like, oh, that's so cute. They're playing hard to get. Oh, my God. So sweet. But no, it's not sweet. But then, so, the, the the age-old question, how long do you wait before you message someone after you first meet them or after the first date? I guess it depends on you. Like, I, if it were me, I would want that person to, like... Know right away. Yeah. Yeah. But then... I, go ahead. Yeah, I don't really see... Like, if you like somebody, why are you pretending that you don't like them by pretending, like, ignoring them for, like, a set amount of time? That seems weird to me as well. I mean, like, you don't have to, have to reply back in, like, five minutes, but... I think a good partner should be reliable. Just, like, call me back, you know? Yeah. Well, or, yeah. But that could be a red... For me, it could be a red flag, too, if the person is messaging you all the time as Ooh, soon as true. you, like, true, left true, them true. and close the door. And you know that they're driving away texting you. I think in, in that sense, sometimes moving too quickly into, into a relationship can be a red flag. 
Um, and maybe they're just like texting you like all the time and you just met and, um, yeah, yeah, red flag. And then you get up or they get upset because you're not returning your messages because you're busy at work and, oh dear. A red flag for me that I ignored in the last year was on a first date, someone telling me that he was triggered by feminism. (laughs) (laughs) I still went out with him again. Why did I do that? It's Why? like it's like dating someone who <clears throat> voted conservative. Red flag. Oh yeah, big red flag. <laughs> that I will agree with you. That also I would agree with you. Two terrible, terrible red flags. Got any more? Um. Oh yeah. So like, red flags can vary based on like how long you've been dating this person. So, you know, we were we were talking about like, oh, we just started dating and they're just doing all this stuff that's like not cool. But what if you've been dating someone for a long time and like all of a sudden they like stop showering or they like stop like Ooh. caring. They stop like caring. Well, if you've been dating, so see, that is a big red flag, but that's more of a mental health, I think, red flag. True, true. Because uh, they may be going through something that... They don't have the ability to express themselves through it. So, yeah, that's always a tricky one of like how to have compassion for others and how to understand that everybody's kind of in a different place and that mental health can shift and change through time, um, and also have boundaries for ourselves and for what behavior is acceptable for us. Something I find really difficult is if people are canceling plans a lot. And I also, I want people to feel like they can cancel plans if they're like having a bad day and just don't want to do the thing. Like, I don't want to force people to hang out with me to follow through just because we had the plans. And even though they're like not wanting to, they're going to do it out of guilt. I'd rather not. But I also find it difficult if that's like a repeated pattern where someone's like, oh, can we reschedule like this is happening? And um, for me, it's like, I get excited. I want to see people. And then if, and you if make every plans. time it's like not happening, then I'm like, oh, well, I could have done something else or made a plan with another friend, um, which I now can't do. Yeah. And especially if you're in a poly relationship, you're like, you've dedicated that time to that person and they're not showing up. So, well, you move on. Which, which brings me to another, um, a preemptive for you for the, our future shows. Soon enough, we'll be having some poly problems where we'll be talking about all of the problems that happen in polyamorous relationships. But I digress. Back to that list for TGBT. What if someone is like controlling? Mm, That's a major red flag. Yeah, totally. Someone's like trying to tell you what to do all the time. Or like what to wear. Yeah. Not cool. No. Um, well, I, I do like someone to be like, mm, she's, uh, those two colors kind of <laughs> don't go. Okay, but yeah, I guess it's like, how does that make you feel? And how is the person reacting if you were like, oh, I actually don't like want to hear that. You know, mm-hmm. this is how I express myself and your opinion is not welcome in this circumstance. If they're making you feel bad and then refusing to kind of change their behavior if you tell them that's not okay then that's also a red flag people being able to respond to feedback is a green flag if people can listen to you and what you're saying and make positive changes yeah green flag a red flag for me is someone who doesn't give space for other people or like how they treat other people too yeah at a restaurant you can really see someone how someone behaves at a restaurant with servers and with wait staff. 
I once was in the car with my grandma and we were going through the drive-thru somewhere like Tim Hortons or something like that. And my grandma was so rude to the people. And I was like, grandma. Anyways. Don't be so rude. Yeah. Shocking. You got any more red flags? Um, how do you feel about... Uh, oh, I guess another one would be like... This is a simple one. It should be like pretty obvious. But they don't like... They... They don't like your friends or your friends don't like them. Oh, yeah. How do you navigate that, though? Because some friends are very protective. And, you know, you're spending more time with your partner, hopefully, than with friends. So, Hopefully. I don't <laughs> know about that. Know. I mean, I, I, I have been on the other side of that where friends start dating a new person and then I never see them or hear from them. And it's like... Gosh, okay. I'm sorry that we're not having sex, and so you don't want to hang out with me anymore. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then when they break up, they come running back to you. Oh, yeah. I miss you so much. I can't believe I should have listened to you about them. I feel like that's a red flag. If if I'm doing that, if I start ignoring my friends and just like am 100% all about one person um then that's a red flag that like i need to take a step back and evaluate and just like slow down you know like what's the rush what is the deal about needing to like completely enmesh with another human being and ignore the rest of your life and Um, i guess that goes like hand in hand with like working on yourself you know self-reflection is so important i think that's a red flag for me is that if someone isn't doesn't have the capacity to self-reflect then i don't think i can date them and also, if they're, like, really negative, Ooh, yeah. that, that's a red flag for me. Another red flag for me is uh, if somebody, like, is not able to have a conversation with me about, like, safer sex practices and STIs and getting tested. Um, it's really important for me when I am engaging with people um, in a sexual context that we're able to be honest and open about um, our history and um, and that we're getting tested regularly, uh, which is another piece of advice that we wanted to share a little bit about. We have a PSA from the CDC for you. Syphilis is on the rise. Please get tested. How do you get tested in Nelson? <laughs> That's a very good question. There's a few different ways that you can get tested, uh, and it's an important. And as we become um, adults, as we are adults, um, our sexual behaviors, we can have sexual behaviors, but being an adult is also acknowledging that those sexual behaviors has uh, health aspects to it as well, too. Uh, where, where can you get tested? Well, um, there's actually a new initiative um, in the past year in this area that's called Get Checked Online. Uh, So you go to the website, getchecktonline.com, and you create an account and use the promo code Kootenai. And then you can answer some questions about your um, sex life, essentially, and then they will suggest what what tests they think that you should get, and they will give you a lab requisition form so that you can go to the Life Labs clinic and uh, get the samples taken. And it's all online. It's all... um, pretty simple and uh yeah obviously the test doesn't happen online you still have to go into the uh clinic and get those samples but But it's it's, a really great resource i i was just gonna say that i love that it's it's like kind of anonymous like you don't have to go 
telling your your whole like sex life to like some stranger you just go online like check off some buttons and then like hand a form to like a health practitioner of some kind it's great and and it's not just a stranger like you have to go and wait at a clinic a drop-in clinic wait for however long speak to the said doctor and said doctor also tend to have their own biases even though they tend totally they they try not to um so i think this option is great because you can sit and like not only acknowledge your 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 own sexual practices but Go through the process of educating yourself and, you know, getting tested. They can also send you email reminders um, based on they'll they'll suggest how often based on the, your answers to the questions that they think you should get tested, whether that's every three or six or 12 months. Um, and then they'll send you email reminders. So you don't even have to, like, keep track. Um, you can just wait for that little reminder and then head off and get your form going again. Nice. And there's one other place that you can get tested in, Nelson. Every Wednesday from 5 to 8, Opt Out, Options for Sexual Health, um, has a great safe space uh, for drop-ins where you can get a lot of resources uh, such as uh, birth control, condoms, lube. Um, They have uh, volunteers that actually will sit with you and do an intake and educate you at the same time about all of the different layers of your adult health. Yeah, you can get uh, pregnancy testing as well, um, pap testing, all kinds of things, or just go and ask questions. Of course, you can also talk to your uh, GP, regular doctor, uh, about getting tested if you have a regular doctor. Um and you can request those those tests are done. But as we say, that can be a tricky thing because maybe you're having to have a conversation with someone who um, is not as as aware of these things as the people at the clinic, um, the opt clinic, who are specifically trained in sexual health. Um, and I don't know. I didn't hear if you said it's on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Five to eight. And it's the, the pink building across from the library. Or 530 to eight. 530 to eight. Sorry. Yeah. I think there's there's something that happens at Anchors too, maybe like monthly. Yeah, sure. in the past, the um, Anchors has held rainbow clinics where they have a nurse practitioner um, and sometimes some other bodywork practitioners offering services um, that are confidential um, out of the Anchors office, and it's just for queer folks, LGBTQ plus. Um, and I don't know if there's a date for the next one, but um, we will definitely promote that if we hear about that happening again soon and so we will end it on that lovely note thank you for tuning in to query with axel bria and shaz